2: Live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Total Education Show, the talk
3: shop for teachers, parents, and administrators. Here's your host of the show, Neil Haley, the Total Tutor. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter at Total Tutor, and I think we do have our guest on the line. Haley, are you on the line? Yeah, how are you? I'm. I'm really excited welcome to welcome the program, Haley Arantia, uh, star of The Goldbergs on ABC, 8 p.m. Eastern Wednesday night. Haley, it's our favorite show. My wife and I, we watch it every week. We can't Aww. wait the DV, DVR to, to check it out because it's just so great. Because we grew up in the '80s and we kind of, you know, reminisce about these times and laugh about them. And I think it's such such a great show. You, you do you do such a great Aww. job
4: that.
3: Thank you. It, it, it's something, when you think about it, Haley, it's like uh, every week, it, people reminisce. And I'm sure on Twitter, you're always seeing that, of people saying, I remember that time when this happened, and history, and what happened in the 1980s. It's just something that just is so special. Yeah, no. know all the time
4: people tell me that, you know, hey, I grew up in the 80s, and what you wore is exactly what I wore, or you know, I remember such and such event, and it's really cool to kind of see how much they resonate with not only the show, but just a show about the '80s. Um, you know, anything that's nostalgic really hits home with people.
3: It, it it definitely hits home for me for sure, and 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 I think and I think Haley, it's it's so uh, it's so funny, it's so hilarious, and uh, I'm sure when you first got the it's idea, true. you never thought how it would take off, right?
4: Yeah, no, I mean, we did a pilot, and as much as I, I mean, personally thought the writing was hilarious, um, you know, you never know what the network's going to say, and thankfully they picked it up, and it's been doing really, really well, and we're in our fourth season now, so I never imagined it going this far just because it's such a surreal concept that you would be working on a show for this many years, but um, we got really lucky, and the show is just, like, I love it. It's hilarious.
3: And I'm sure you want to come back and play, and you guys just seem like such a family. What happens, Haley? You know?
4: Yeah, I mean, we are, like, on and off set. We're just so close, and, um, I mean, I work with two of, like, the funniest people in improv, like Wendy McLennan-Covey and Jeff Harlan. Like, working with them every day is such a trip, because you never know what's going to come out of their mouth, and it makes the day, so exciting. Uh, But yeah, I'm very grateful that we all get along as much as we do.
3: What should we expect for the next season? This season coming up?
4: Well, this season, there's a lot of drama happening. Um, Beverly Goldberg becomes a substitute teacher at the school. (laughs) And um, that, in and of itself, has just created a lot of insane storylines for the writers. Um, And then, for my character specifically, she's spending this season trying to accept that the guy that she has been coming to realization that she has a crush on, which is Jeff, is um, now with Evie. And so she's trying to, yeah, it's a whole drama of a love triangle again.
3: The challenges that happen, right? Yeah. And always there'll be something with Adam as well that's going to happen, right, that you expect for sure.
4: Always. Yeah. He, yeah, Adam joined uh, high school this season. And, I mean, there's a lot of new things going on in Goldberg House.
3: Well, you have a lot of cool things coming up, especially let's talk about your singing. I didn't know all about it, and we're going to play the CD after the, uh, the uh, interview, so for the syndication, but I wanted to, to find out a little bit about your uh, new song being released.
4: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I just released a song on Friday called Strong, Sweet, and Southern, and it's a country pop, kind of bluesy song, um, upbeat, and I wrote it with Mark Bright and Kevin Kadish in Nashville, Tennessee, and it's just a fun song about, you know, girls telling guys like, hey, step it up and be a gentleman because chivalry is not dead. <laughs> so uh, it's been a, a fun thing to put out and see how people resonate with it. And it's been great.
3: And and were you a singer before you started acting? What was first? What came first?
4: Music was first. Um, I've been singing my whole life. And then um, acting kind of came about when I turned 18 i got the goldbergs
3: wow and from there it's amazing what's been happening uh for sure and we can check that out on itunes right correct your your latest song correct
4: yeah you can buy it on itunes or google play and you can stream it on spotify and amazon music or not amazon I'm our apple music
3: Now, so I have about 55,000 questions I could ask about the Goldbergs, but your, your character, what do you, what do you see her as she continues to grow up uh, through this process in the four years? I mean, it's just, it's funny how she is a leader in so many ways in the family based on specific things, but where do you see it going?
4: Yeah. Erica has always been kind of the straight man, the level-headed one of the whole family and keeps everybody on track. But, um, I think Erica's really grown over the last four years. You know, when she started high school, her goal was to just be super popular and have everybody like her and, you know, whatever comes with that. But now she's kind of gotten more into music and, you know, doing different charity work and extracurricular activities and more involved um, than what I think she assumed she was going to be in her first year. So now, being a senior, she's kind of wanting to take this year off and really relax, but it's not going to happen with Beverly Goldberg in school.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and you have to laugh every time on set. With her. She's so funny. I tell you.
4: She's incredible. Yeah. I mean, she's the funniest human being. I mean, the stuff she comes up with is incredible and it's been a blast working with her.
3: And uh, have any of the outfits you're wearing, Haley, on the on on set, you think is going to come back in style? At times, it's kind of funny when you look at things in the '80s and how it comes back.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of the clothes that I wear on the show, they buy from like Forever Twenty One and American Apparel, so it's stuff that's like out right now for sale. I mean, I'll be out at a mall with my friends, and I'll go, "Wait a minute, worn those shorts before." <laughs> and it's really weird but it, the 80s are kind of back.
3: And I think that what's makes the show so great is again how the the real Adam Goldberg's involved in this, meaning that he really puts his spin on things of the storylines and how he filmed everything when he was a kid. I can't believe that. I didn't not many people did that. That's just amazing to go back and see how his family was.
4: Yeah, he has hundreds of thousands of hours of home video and he uses a bit of it at the end of every episode, which I think is genius because it's such a unique take on scripted television. I mean, it's about a real family. And it's incredible the storylines he comes up with that are based on these situations on home video.
3: I I, I say to myself, I'm not even videoing enough. For my kids, I have five kids my own, Haley, and I'm like, holy cow! At that time, I don't know how much, how many people were filming all that stuff. It's just hilarious to, to watch and see and how he tells the story and uh, how everything that happens with Adam and the storylines a lot of fun. So, and Adam, I'm sure is going to have a relationship as well. Last, give us a clue because there, there's going to be a new love in his life, or we have to wait and see.
4: I think we're going to have to wait and see. He's starting his new year, and, you know, his old girlfriend went off and moved away, sadly, and so he is starting this high school completely fresh. And, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe the writers will find him a cute little freshman girlfriend, but I don't at this point. I guess we'll have to wait and see.
3: You have to wait and see, Haley, and you have yeah. to let us know for sure. So, again, we can purchase your 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 song on iTunes. We can download that now. But where's the best place we can follow you and find out information on you, Haley?
4: Um, you can follow me on all social media, so Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are all the same. It's just my name,
3: Haley Rantia. All right, and now everyone can tune in right now and listen to Strong, Sweet, and Southern with Haley. Take care, Haley, and thanks again for calling. I appreciate it.
4: Yeah, thank you so much. All right,
3: take care. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. All right, remember, ABC's The Goldbergs will be 8 p.m. Eastern this Wednesday, and now tune in to Haley's Song. <laughs>
0: You're working
1: for it
5: Anton, all right, uh, stand by. All right, I'm really excited to welcome the program, Anton Starkman of Warner Brothers Storks. Anton, thanks for calling, and I know you're getting enthused because it's coming very close to its release nationwide in theaters, right? Yeah,
4: super excited.
5: I'm sure you're super excited and 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 tell me uh a little bit I want to get into what your experience with Amer- American horror story before we go right into storks but uh what 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 uh, awesome opportunities you've had in the la- last year or ha- haven't you
6: yeah, it's crazy I'm, I'm like it's crazy to look back and like see how privileged it is all like all this experiences.
5: Exactly. So tell me a little bit of how this whole American Horror Story thing happened and to be able to work with such talented people in that first and then look at Storks now. So, wow. Yeah, the
6: people are not only amazingly talented, but they're down to earth and insanely nice. Um, The experiences were, I don't know even how to describe it, but it was just a learning experience because like I – american horror story itself is just a machine like it all works together like you can see the gears turning everywhere and it was it's just a privilege and an honor to be like part of part of that machine like part of the pro
5: yeah definitely definitely anton uh it's, it's 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 a privilege to be part of that whole situation and what was your character in american horror story
6: my character his name was max Ellison, and in the in the beginning of the season, my character has not had his- uh his measles injection yet he gets a case of the measles and he he becomes very ill and alex um uh she comes in and gives me some of her blood in the in the show and she turns me into a vampire. And then I go to back to school and turn turn all my class into into uh vampires, and we pretty much destroy the school
5: oh my so you're you're really tearing things up, aren't you anton
6: yeah definitely me and my me and my crew
5: your crew so uh, they're, they're, are your are classmates in school uh nervous about you coming in there after having this experience? Score? Oh,
6: definitely. My my half all, all the ones that could watch it, uh, and were not scared <laughs> by it, we're all we're all uh definitely worried <laughs> that uh they all let's just say they all put me in the back.
5: <laughs> all right, so then that experience and then storks and I know how it works. You get the part, you can't say anything. So once you audition got the part storks, you pretty much couldn't mention Filming or anything for a while, right? You pretty much had to stay hush hush, right?
4: Yeah, 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 yeah.
6: It was definitely, it was, uh, definitely hush hush. It was, it was, it was hard to, to stay so quiet about things that I just wanted to burst out. Like, I just wanted to tell everyone about it, but I couldn't. But it was super fun. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's, I mean the pro- the process of an animation an um, animated film especially especially sort is awing because like it's not only like you just show up stay the lines no you're really like part of like the creative team when you're part of there there's like so many jokes they all laugh at their own jokes they're pretty much like grown children
5: Exactly. And so when you do you read your lines were you in with somebody else doing the lines as well when they were recording you?
6: Uh there's me and like the creative team and there there was they brought the parents in of the scratch vocals. But not not Ty Burrell and Jennifer Aniston.
5: Okay. So Did I you ever I've, get the? I offer? haven't met. You have not met them, okay? Yeah.
6: No. When I'm is not. the premiere? Are
5: you going to get to meet them at the premiere, Anton?
6: I yeah, I definitely hope so. The premiere is on the seventeenth, so I'm I'm anticipating that. All right, oh,
5: that's great news. So and then saying okay, they're they're the ones that played. Uh, so it's interesting you worked with jennifer aniston in a way and uh lady gaga that you wouldn't have thought that if i was talking to you a couple years ago you'd say you you would have those experiences right
6: yeah 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 yeah. it was the people that i did meet i it's crazy like i i wanted to take a uh me and one of the the um cast members like one of the children we were um we wanted to take a picture with um, with Kathy Bates and and Dennis O'Hare and the other the other girl that I was working with. She forgot her phone, so she said, oh so Dennis O'Hare was just like, "Oh, oh, it's totally fine. I'll just take it with mine and send it to your dad." I mean, you always like,
5: yeah, yeah, I, I... that happened? yeah, it's... yeah. Anton, you always can't miss those opportunities, right? I'm sure you'll have your phone out the whole time at the red carpet, right? Saying, oh, "Oh my gosh, so real. Taking pictures
6: with everyone and everywhere.
5: So you can build those likes, right? The Instagram, the Twitter, all the different things, getting used to the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, interesting. I was talking Anton to uh, one of the uh, hosts from E News, and she says they're doing the whole thing mm-hmm. Facebook Live. It's amazing what these yeah. events, how they're how they're developing from the from the uh, Emmys to red carpet events. They're just such big things, in there, and they're they're allowing the fans to be part of it. I think that's really cool. Yeah, the all
6: pretty much all social media is getting even more Instagram stories. There's just all these things that are that are having, like, the viewers and the, and the fans be more, like, involved.
5: All right, so let's get to your character, Nate Gardner, and tell us a little about that character. I've heard about Storks in specific ways. I talked to Pigeon Toady, and, your, and I forget the actor's name, and I'm sorry about that. It'll come to me in a second. Uh, but uh, uh, oh, J- Jason, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about your character.
6: Okay, my character Nate, he he's just a regular boy and all he wants is just cuz his parents his parents work, they're realtors, so they work 24/7 every day. And all Nate wants is just someone to play with. So when he finds he finds this letter from from how to order a baby, he jumps on that that train to to order up uh order up his brother as soon as possible so he has someone to play with, because that's all he's been dreaming of. The, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, I...
5: Continue. Sorry, yeah. No, continue, sure. I, I heard you stop for a second. Continue.
6: It was just that, like, the movie is... It's full of, like, heart, and it's it's breathtaking. Like, my mom has cried multiple times just from one, one line.
5: Yeah, and and what's, I think, so cool is because of the whole storks genre. How, when I yeah. grew up, they talked about storks delivering babies. And to be put this as a storyline out there, Anton, and then have it where the storks were no longer delivering babies and the whole storyline is they're finally going to deliver a baby. What what a great story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
6: yeah, it's, yeah. It's so hard to describe. I just mean, it's full of heart it's kid friendly it's it's like pretty much for all ages like all ages will
4: love it
5: yeah i i absolutely believe it i'm taking my whole family to see storks especially when i've interviewed two of the actors so i I find that really cool and uh again it's nationwide september 23rd anton best place we can find information on you and stuff where can we find info on you and stuff where can we go
6: well, I'm on all social media: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, all of that, and I'm on IMDb, all of that. All my info's there.
5: And it's Anton Starkman on Twitter at Anton Starkman. Is that correct?
6: Yeah, that's it. No, no spaces.
5: Fantastic. Well, good luck uh, in the in. Uh, and enjoy the premiere next week and uh thanks for taking the time to come on the show and uh good luck in all your ventures man thank you thank you so much take care see you anton take care bye-bye that was the total Bye. celebrity show take care everyone see you later bye-bye thank you
3: hi everyone and welcome to total celebrity show you can check me out on twitter at total tutor and i think we do have our guest on the line uh do we have uh governor jesse ventura on the line jesse are you on the line Yes, I am. Hi, Neil. Hi, I'm so excited. Welcome to the program. New York Times bestselling author, Jesse Ventura. And Jesse, I'm telling you, this book, I am going to have an interesting conversation with you because I'm sold on some of this, but not some others not. Again, Jesse Ventura's Marijuana Manifesto, uh, he's written. And Jesse, you pretty much want marijuana to be legalized everywhere, right? Does it sound like that to me?
7: Yeah, absolutely. If- Let me explain. If it wasn't for marijuana right now, my quality of life would be gone. It was Mm. gone completely. Someone very close to me developed an epileptic seizure disorder and was having horrible seizures up to three to four times a week. Wow. This person was put on four different pharmaceutical medicines. None of them worked. All had horrible side effects. The person went to Colorado got medical marijuana marijuana, and has been seizure-free now for over two and a half years and is taking no pharmaceuticals whatsoever. And marijuana was the savior to this person's health. Read Steve Cuppy's intro. He had non-operable adrenal cancer and was given a five-year death sentence 35 years ago. He's still alive today, and it's attributed completely to marijuana.
3: So, um, do you think that it should be, we should legalize medical marijuana, I mean, it should be medical marijuana? We should
7: legalize all marijuana. All
3: all marijuana. There's no difference. The whole plant is, let me give it to you this way,
7: okay? Uh, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and Ben Franklin would all be raided by the DEA today. They would be arrested and they'd be doing 10 to 12 years (laughs) in federal prison as drug dealers today marijuana was the economic backbone of this country for the first 160 years. The British, during the colony days, actually ordered the colonists to grow it because they didn't have enough room over in Britain to grow it. You could actually barter trade it in lieu of money. So what went wrong? Uh, our, Our country was phenomenal growing back then, was achieving economic success and then along came the 1930s with William right. Randolph Hearst, who wanted to corner the market on paper. By the way, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and Betsy Ross's flag are all made out of marijuana. You oh know my. that it was the dominant force of America a back then? It was.
3: And I, th- I think it's interesting you say is. Uh, I rest my case. You rest your case. I rest my case. <laughs> you rest your case. Now, what about let's talk about? But once it's legalized, it, kids can't have it. You don't. You think it should be at 21, right, or 18 to you, or whatever? Yeah. Choose the age. It should
7: be. It should be treated identically the same as we treat tobacco and the same as we treat alcohol. I've I've made a famous quote. I said. Marijuana is to rock and roll what beer is to baseball. Imagine if they took away beer at the ball game and wouldn't oh, yeah. let anybody have it.
3: They go crazy. They people would go crazy, wouldn't they?
7: Oh, they absolutely. Well, look at it this way: we have this thing in America where we fear certain drugs. Imagine tomorrow if you could make coffee disappear. and oh, my no gosh! One get their caffeine addiction in the morning. <laughs>
3: If I couldn't have my coffee, Jesse, I'd be dead. (laughs) I don't know what I'd do in about. There you go.
7: Well, you laugh over it, but it's marijuana's no more. Caffeine's as dangerous as marijuana. Right, right, right. Nobody (laughs) has ever died from nobody has ever died from a marijuana overdose. Right. You can go on a drinking binge and die that night. Cigarettes, when used properly, the end result is death.
3: So the concern I have, and this is another point I'll make, is what about is it used as a gateway drug? Certain people are saying that if kids are starting this at 15, 14. No, well, certain yeah.
7: people don't know what they're talking about because when they say gateway drug, look at your own personal experience. The first drug all kids try is tobacco, right. yet they don't count that as a drug, do they? No. The second thing kids try is alcohol. So and here's, here's what's in your face on a gateway drug. In the states that have legalized marijuana, the use of heroin has gone down, the exact opposite of what they've told us. It, would, it will work against post-traumatic stress. It's helped soldiers. Wow. It'll work the, uh, the head injuries in the NFL, the head traumas. Yes. Marijuana will help that also, all known by the Cannabis University over in Israel. They've studied it. There are no more studies that need to be done.
3: And So that's interesting. So you're saying that we aren't studying the alcohol use, we're not studying the the smoking tobacco and kids are starting at 13 and drinking, and then they start marijuana, and they say, oh, it's marijuana that caused them to go on heroin. That's not the case. It's just an addiction that they... they,
7: And that's that's proven false now. In the states that have legalized marijuana, heroin usage has gone down, not up, Mm -hmm. down. You know, Many people would give—I it. mean, look at all the soldiers we're sending to these immoral wars over in the Middle East now. and They're all coming home, and they have post-traumatic stress from combat, and marijuana's been proved to help them, but yet the government won't let them have it because the—this is a bigger issue than that. This is an issue that could stand up of us telling our government we're the boss. Because over 50% of Americans want it fully legalized now, and the only thing standing in the way is the lobbyists from Pharma and Alcohol, and the government. The government's telling us they're being our parent here, right. and it's time for us to step forward and say, "No, no, 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 no! We're the boss." You work for us. We want marijuana legalized. It will help the economy. It will create jobs, clothing, biodiesel, fuel. Do I need to go on?
3: And then the big thing, uh, Jesse's California, right? That's coming up for a vote for legalization throughout California, right?
7: I don't know. I guess it is. They tell me it is.
3: But we have to wait and see, right, <laughs> if it's going to
7: happen or not. No, no, no. but the, the point is, is that the, all the states are going to do it when they see the economic boom. Right. Uh, Colorado already has, I think, 300 million extra tax dollars to spend this year on schools. Oh. Uh, Washington has seen their judicial budget statewide drop a mammoth 15%. Wow, because, that's huge! Yeah. I can tell you that as a governor, that's huge, and uh, all the all the jobs it would create, it would help the economy, and poor people. Here's the other reason they don't want it legalized: you can grow it. So right. therefore, the government, if you grow it in your backyard, the government doesn't get a cut, do they? You can no. get it free. Remember this: our government does not want you getting anything free.
3: No. They, they would
7: charge you for the air. They would charge you for the air you breathe if they could do it,
3: and, they, and they're trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm. You're they,
7: so, have, yeah. they would <laughs> if they can do it. They will, and that's the big rub on marijuana. And plus, the government's making money off it. Take a look at the DEA. We give you multiple examples during this supposed war on drugs where they break into homes. Shoot and kill people and then find out that they had the wrong house and nobody stands trial for it. Oh They're let gosh. off the hook. It's called collateral damage in a war, I guess, where people need to wake up and understand in all wars, including the war on drugs, the Middle East wars, the biggest people that get killed are the civilians. So- That's what happens in all wars. That's why it's time to end them all.
3: Well, and again, that's the, the big thing you're seeing in the two, this, this election is it's becoming even more of a, of a craziness as well, as we talked about last time on the show. And who knows where it's going next for sure. And uh, best place we can purchase your book is in all finer bookstores, right? Jesse, uh, Jesse Ventura's Marijuana Manifesto. Uh, any other place we can connect with you on social media? I know that you say you have a team that takes care of all that, but people can connect with you and all those different things and purchase the book, correct?
7: Yep, I think so. Anyway, my job's to write the book and promote it. Everybody else does the other
3: stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I hear you. It was good talking to you, and you you sold me on this whole gateway drug, okay, so I'll uh, You take care. Like Thank- I said. Yeah. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care. All right, you're listening to the Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment.
2: Larry, are you there? Neil, how are you? Fantastic. So I'm excited to welcome the program. Larry Kane, and he's talking about the movie The Beatles, eight days a week, the documentary. Larry, thanks for calling, and I appreciate you taking the time today to be on the
8: show. Great to talk to the other side of the state. I'm in Philadelphia.
2: All right. So, Larry, tell me specifically enough when you toured with The Beatles, how that was, What like the, how amazing? It was, it was, it was it. pretty
8: incredible. I didn't, I didn't want to go because I thought it was beneath the dignity of a newsman, to travel with the band and I told my bosses, why would I want to travel with a band that's going to be here in September and gone in December? And that, Neil, just shows you how brilliant I really was. Uh, I eventually, when traveling with them, uh, had some extremely emotional moments. And when I saw the film for the first time, the rough cut in April, I got chills because I felt that Ron Howard was taking me back to my travels and I can imagine what the chills that people will get were 10, 20, 30, 40 who never saw what really happened and the and the pathos and we were in the Pittsburgh Civic Center which I believe later was called the Igloo years yeah. later and um, it was just remarkable the crowds in Pittsburgh were like the crowds everywhere where the girls thought that the uh, people were uh, looking at the deals were singing directly to them I would, get call, I would get letters later from them asking me, Mr. Kane. thanks for the reporting. Can you tell George that I will meet him in Chicago at the Sears Tower at 12 midnight on a certain date and we can <laughs> begin our destiny together? Uh, it was just this amazing outpouring of emotion. from, And you, and you didn't expect in America, uh, even in the post-John F. Kennedy death days, uh, to, uh, if, to feel this uh, outpouring of physical emotion, this passion. The other thing that's amazing is that when I first saw the, uh, the first cut of it, I got chills feeling right. that I was back touring again with them. And I can imagine what the fans are getting who are younger, who've never seen this before. In addition, it, takes you, it morphs you through the entire tours, uh, controversies, and, and some incredible political stance that they took yeah. that changed American life.
2: This is part of the British invasion. This is when it really started with the Beatles, right? This is when after the Beatles this the British invasion just went full fledged and uh, pe- certain people were for this, but uh, ultimately, we know the controversy was that in any generation, these guys, the Beatles uh, were clean cut guys, but however were considered rebellious in certain ways from. In America, right?
8: Like especially people. Well, they my father pulled yeah. me. My father pulled me aside and said, "Watch your back. These guys with the long hair are a menace to society," and and, and the the reporters in each town really made fools of themselves because. They were very, very they were ridiculing the Beatles and they're very condescending. and they would ask them questions like, "What do you like in a woman? What do you like in a hemline? What do you eat for breakfast? Do you wash your hair? Do you shower today?" And I basically uh, stuck to uh, the issues of the times, uh, the racial uh, uh, divisiveness in America, the, the civil rights movement, uh, the war in Vietnam, things that happened on the tour, events that occurred, music, uh, their peers. Uh, whether they would send their own children to the concerts wow. if they had teenagers, and they all said no, and uh, the uh, the, the, ways, the ways of life and the immigration controversy of the royal family, and that's why they liked me, although John called me a uh, round peg in a square hole and a nerd from the 1950s, uh, but I, we had <laughs> a wonderful relationship. And this movie, by the way, has rare unseen footage that will blow your mind because you'll really, be yeah. seeing the Beatles, and the, you'll be able to hear them. And um, it's more than just the movies. It's the stands they took. For example, I, I informed them in Las Vegas that the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville was going to be segregated, and they decided as a group that they would not play there And for there were 20 days of negotiations. And on September 11, 1964, the Gator Bowl in the heart of the American South in Jacksonville yeah. was desegregated, and guess what? Ron Howard, in all his majesty of, of filmmaking, was able to find a woman that was there, a black woman who was there, who talked wow. about being in a, in a white crowd for the first time and not being nervous about, the, about conversing with white people and being part of, of, of the world. And right now she's a an historian, and her stories are just just amazing. Uh, her, 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 emotional outpouring of what it did to change her life, and they changed history. They changed hair. They changed culture. They changed dress. Uh, they uh, eventually. There's a poignant part of this movie where you learn why they stopped touring, and they only toured for uh, w- with the Beatles with the Ringo, only toured for four years, and that was it. They went back in the studio and did some beautiful music, which they never performed on stage, although there's a real surprise at the end of this film. that will uh, show you just how great they were, even in a very impromptu situation.
2: All right, so we're again talking to Larry Kane. And Larry, when you were approached about the movie from Ron Howard, tell us that story for sure, because uh, the documentary, because again, you were the one that was touring early with them, covering them, learning everything, the ins and outs of what this invasion was about. and and the Beatles and how amazing, like, popular they were. Uh, How did this happen that you got involved in the film?
8: Well, I wrote a letter to the uh, the manager, Brian Epstein, and asked for one single interview in Jacksonville. And he wrote back uh, offering us to get a seat on the plane in the limousines and the hotel rooms with them. Everything would be taken care of for the sum of $3,000 over 35 days, 25 cities. And that's when I told my bosses that I didn't want to travel with them. And they eventually talked me into it. It was a tough summer. My mother died of the impact of multiple sclerosis. Oh, my. And on on the plane, John, who lost his mother at 18, and Paul, who lost his mother at 14, when he was 14, to cancer, actually consoled me. And that was very, very touching. And we really bonded in that way. And then... They also did something else. There were wonderful groups that opened them, Jackie DeShannon, The Righteous Brothers, Clarence Frogman, Henry, The Exciters. And they were, they were big hit groups in their own way, and yet they were wooed off the stage. And every night the Beatles would get on the airplane to make sure that they were okay and to talk to them and to make sure that they were they were whole and not upset. And I thought that was a tremendous sign of maturity. privately they were just as delightful as they were. Years later, they had their issues. But uh, they were brothers, and they took care of each other.
2: No, the also a question, Larry, about Ron Howard. Uh, um, Knowing he was going to do this documentary, how did you get involved in that whole process?
8: Well, I got a call from uh, the number two, Jonathan Clyde at Apple Corps, which is the Beatles' company. And by the way, the Beatles are all on board with this, so all the film and all the materials they have are part of this. And he asked me to uh, sign a, a deal with them to be consulted and to be interviewed. As the months progressed, they kept calling me more and more <laughs> and asking me for more information. And, and I even went back into a studio in Philadelphia where they re- replicated the sound, and I did pick up lines over a period of six or seven months. I never realized that I would be part, such a part of the movie, and um, I'm deeply honored, and I'm looking forward on Thursday to the uh, premiere in London. And by the way, for the people listening, I know you're all around all the country. In Pittsburgh, it's going to be at the Hollywood Theater. I don't know where that is. And, oh, really? Uh, that's going to, yeah, it's going to be in the Hollywood Theater for a week, and then the theatrical release will be about a week or two at the most. And then they go to uh, video on demand and um, and then there's a, uh, a DVD coming around holiday time and all kinds of goodies, and uh, so people will get a chance to see it at venues in their homes, and uh, oh, wow. I'm sure that, uh, it's going to do real well.
2: Yeah, I'm going to definitely find out about the Hollywood Theater and all that stuff and do some uh, searching. There's a website for sure, and for us, again, we're recording right now, but when our listeners all hear this, it, it premieres today, uh, today September seventh, uh, September sixteenth, and then will be available on demand and stuff. The September seventeenth, and so in, in markets on September sixteenth, you got to go to the website, right, Larry, to find out information right. on the film to see where it's going to be played, right?
8: Absolutely. Uh, the theatrical release, of course, is limited. You know how it is in uh, yeah. these days, and uh, but the uh, the film is. Is obsessive, and it's the minute you finish watching it, you're going to want to go back and see it. And if you get it on demand, uh, you're going to want to see it again. It's just there's so many scenes that are so dramatic. And Ron Howard, who is, is such a uh, uh, beyond extraordinary filmmaker, has right. taken this film, and you know, he saw the Beatles when he was nine or ten years old on television. Wow. He's been enamored of them since, and uh, he's just thrilled to have put this together.
2: Eight day, uh, the Beatles, 8 com is where you're going to find information. Is there any information we can find on you, Larry, as well? Do you have anything that we could? find? Oh, sure. You're I have a, a
8: website, larrykane.com? and on larrykane.com is uh, several articles about uh, my role in the film and an essay by me. About and also a, a video of the actual uh, trailer, which is a lot of fun to watch. The trailers all over the web, and uh, the, the, if the trailer doesn't whet your appetite, nothing will. This is a uh, this is a really close up look at four extraordinary young men whose music will live on for uh, generations to come.
2: Well, Larry, good luck in, uh, in your travels to London for the premiere, and best of luck, and uh, thanks for coming on the show
8: pleasure really enjoyed it take care
2: thanks Larry take care thanks Ben. okay you on the line yeah hi I'm
5: here all right fantastic so I'm excited to welcome to the program Michael Campion of the hit Netflix series Fuller House Michael thanks for calling and uh thanks for taking the time to come by today
9: yeah for sure
5: now Michael tell me when you wanted to become an actor how old were you
9: well, I've always been interested in acting. I mean, the first time that I really, like, got started, I was about five. And I did a small community play uh, at my local theater. And at first, I didn't really get, like, like a big part. But, like, um, the next year that I actually enrolled in a play, I got uh, the lead role. Then the next year, I got the lead role. And the next year, I got the lead role. So that, like, really sparked it for me. I and mean, I was like, wow, this is what I want to do.
5: Wow. So once you did that, what made what made acting so much fun for you at that age? To say this is what I want to do.
9: Well, I mean, I knew um, that a lot of my friends were doing like sports or you know they were doing uh, art or or whatever. But you know that wasn't really my thing. I, I I mean not not to get me wrong. I like sports and art and stuff. It's just you know I I, I always love acting. It's not I, I can't like, really pinpoint like what is most fun about it. But I guess it's just really exciting to know that, like, uh, you know, you have the chance to be, like, on a TV show or, you know, you have a, a chance to meet all these, like, really cool celebrities. But that's really not what I was thinking when I was five or six. But, you know, it's cool to have those benefits now.
5: Yeah, yeah. you just were saying, okay, this is fun. I'm doing it. And your your family encouraged you, and there you go. So, what would you say was your first big break opportunity? I know that you did some commercials and short films. What kind of changed your career in a way, leading it up to the opportunity with Netflix with Fuller House? Well,
9: honestly, even before, I mean, I I had done a lot of commercials up to the point where I got this. But um, I had I had a really small uh, play for my church, and um. Mm-hmm. The director, he's like this, uh, he's this guy, his name is George Living, and he hosts this thing, this like uh, 5,000 uh, seated like Broadway style uh, Christmas play every year called The thing Christmas Trees in Orlando, and he liked my performance so much that he wanted me to be in that play as the lead kid, so I thought that was, I, I think that would be like, the start, like, wow, I, this is really going to take off. And then after that, I got my first movie. Then after that, I got another movie. Then I got some short films in between. Then Fuller House.
5: Wow, well, okay. So uh, so all the things at once. Hit, things yeah. Like, everything it just all developed and, and came uh, through in so many ways. But before Fuller House, you would say your big break would probably be Christmas trade, would you say?
9: Uh, Christmas trade? No, I, I, I would say um the, the the Christmas play that I I was talking about uh earlier um w- which would be uh that w- with the with the director the one who wanted me to be in that uh the the Christmas Broadway play.
5: Oh, okay, okay. So once you went and did the Broadway play, there you go. That's yeah. that's that's the big thing for sure, Michael. Gotcha. Okay, so tell us specifically how you got hooked up with the whole Fuller House, and you can tell us about. The character and all that, the audition process, and working with such talented people for sure.
9: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, it started out when I was in Orlando, and I, you know, I do I do a lot of auditions, and most of them I do on tape. So I, I you know, this was just another audition. I didn't even know what Fuller House was. I mean, I, I knew what Full House was, but it just didn't really like click with me. Um, so. At first, I auditioned, you know, you know, normal things. And they're like, hey, we want you back. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, sometimes they call you back, sometimes they don't. And uh, then when they wanted me a third time, I was like, wow, okay, they're getting pretty serious about this here. And then a fourth time and then a fifth time. And each time I did a different, um, like, section from the episode that they started uh, working with. And um, by the fifth time, they're like, hey, we really want to see you out here. um And I'm like, wow, okay, cool. So uh, they flew me out for, like, two days. And at first, they they just wanted me to, you know, audition. Uh, But then they they, they really, really liked me. So they're like, hey, you know what? You you got the part, like, right here. You know, we've we've really been thinking about this. It was, like, right in the room when I got to the Warner Brothers audition studio. They told me, like, you got the part, like, you're, you're just amazing. So I'm like, oh, wow, thank you. I'm very honored. And I actually have a video of, uh, they, they they were filming it in the back of, uh, and I started crying and my mom started crying because they were both in the room. Um, but yeah, so they they originally wanted me to stay this like two or three days, but then they started filming early. So I had to like stay there and I only had like a, a couple like days worth of uh, clothes. So I had to make that work for a few weeks.
5: Oh my. So, okay. Now, any experience watching Full House before getting the the part in Fuller House? Did you ever watch it on Nick at Night or certain things like that where you have had the opportunity to watch the show?
9: Oh yeah, for sure. My mom introduced it to me when I was like four or five, and I've always loved Full House. I just, you know, never really gave it a second thought when I started auditioning. Uh, Yes, I I did watch it on uh, Nick at Night along with like Friends and – uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air and all those good '90s shows that
5: they have uh, on Nick at Night. That's that's cool, <laughs> and and it's like then finally seeing these people in person when you audition and you get the part and you're like, holy cow, look who I'm playing with! All these people that I've seen on TV forever and then different things, and I'm I'm part of this group. Uh, that's got to be cool. Yeah, it was absolutely insane.
9: Actually, um, I didn't audition with them uh i auditioned uh by myself first and then um when they took me to the studio to like, take a look around and stuff the first person that i met was actually andrea the one who played uh kimmy and it's so weird because they look exactly like they did just like in a bigger body. it's it's so weird and i was like wow that's like i i after, after she left like, wow that's she looks just like Kimmy Gibbler, like not like she doesn't age at all. It's crazy. It
5: seems like none of them have aged. Isn't that true? Except the ones yeah, that were yeah. playing kids, they've aged the most, but not the ones that were adults in the, in the show or, or, met yeah, or teens yeah. to adults. Yeah.
9: Yeah. I mean, usually you would expect like a teen to go like, like when they're 10 or 11, you don't expect them to look like that when they're, you know, uh,
5: Forty—that's—it's pretty crazy. Oh, absolutely, and, and and it just happens to be the people for sure. And and when you think of the, just working with that, and then the whole kickoff of Fuller House and how it got such an unbelievable push—you know—on major television night talk shows and everything, you were like, "Wow!" I wasn't thinking it was going to get this kind of build-up, right?
9: Yeah, I mean, I, I at first I was like. Dang, this is Full House. I mean, I I I was sure that it was going to have a, a a following since you know Full House was so popular, but I never thought it would be like like we would get picked up for a second season. Literally the next day that it came out, like that popular. I mean, it, it was it was really cool.
5: Yeah, I talked to Dave Coulier, and I had a really uh, good conversation with him on my show. Uh, he was promoting his uh, his children's book. And, so, and and an album. What a what a great guy he is. Awesome. Yeah, sure. Phenomenal. And and David's hilarious. Yeah, they're all I'm sure it's all hilarious. So what would you say? You guys are like a big family on the set? Kind of give us some totally. ins and outs of working with all of them, yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. T-
9: totally. I mean, um I especially I, I'm closest with uh Candace, the one who plays DJ, but um j- just because we have uh, we we share the same faith uh I'm Christian and uh she's Christian as well so we have that in common um also uh well, actually everyone on I have an unbelievable connection with like you know since they had this uh this tight family bond you know for like 30 years that's pretty crazy so you know I I they just accepted me into this and, you know, as well as the new kids like uh, Sony, the
5: one who plays Ramona, and Elias, the one who plays Max. Wow. Some really interesting uh, things for sure. And then that kind of give us a storyline because I have not watched it on Netflix yet. My kids love Full House. So tell us how the story came about for people that didn't get the chance to watch season one and how this group became house tell us about that the kind of the well, backstory. story
9: well um honestly every episode is different but uh if you want to know how they all got together in the same house uh what happened is uh DJ's husband died just like um uh Danny's wife died uh my um, dad he he was he was a firefighter and he died in the show and uh so now DJ has uh, three boys, and, you know, now she doesn't have a place to stay. And Danny is giving up uh, the house. He was going to sell it. But then since he knew that, oh, DJ doesn't have a place to stay, I'll just go ahead and, you know, uh, give her this house here. So now we're all back in, in the old house, and uh, uh, Stephanie is willing to help out, and so is um, uh, Kimmy. And so now now we're all just kind of like –
5: one big family. Interesting. And then other people come back at certain times during certain episodes then, right? Like uh, the yeah, family yeah, sure. type. Of... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go, go on. Sorry. I
9: didn't
5: mean to. No, no. But just think of people like that you see come back for certain episodes. You say, I remember them on this show or this show. You're, you're saying to yourself, holy cow. But again, that's awesome. Your connection with your faith and getting your, uh, uh, Candace to play your mom in the show. I mean, that's kind of wild, isn't it?
9: Yeah, I mean, the chances of that are pretty slim. I mean, I, in, in the acting business, not many people uh, are, are Christians, to be honest. But um, it, was, it was amazing to have this uh, connection with
5: her. Uh, and, and definitely for sure. So now, how has your life changed once you came on this show? Once you became a star on this show, are you recognized a lot more in different places you go and stuff like that and kind of have to get used to some of this?
9: Yeah, I mean, occasionally I'll get people, I mean, I don't really, uh, I, I can't go out like too often since, you know, I'm filming and stuff. But the times that I do when I'm out here or if I go back to Orlando where I live, A lot of people, I mean, not like every day, but uh, some people will be like, hey, you look familiar. Are you Jackson? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. That's really cool. And so then, hey, can you take a picture? Sure. And It's really cool to know that, like, you know, you can make a person stay just by, like, existing.
5: And the opportunities now with being on this show, things are opening up big time, right? Some other stuff you have coming up, right? Oh, sorry.
9: Uh, you 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 went out for a second. No, before, I was saying – say?
5: I said with the opportunities, Michael, that you had from the opportunity at Fuller House, other opportunities are opening up – the doors are opening up for other acting opportunities now, right?
9: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've already gotten a, a lot of uh, uh, auditions just based on, you know, like, hey, we need, like, a, a celebrity kid just to fill in for this small part here. And so they'll be like, um, you know, Michael's available – at this time, because he's on hiatus and he's not filming, so most of the time I don't even have to audition. They're just like, "We want Michael," and then my my uh, personal relations guy is just like, "Sure, he's available these dates."
5: So you were talking about the busyness of filming. Tell us how that how busy it is, Michael. This how the, how the shoots go. I mean the different uh, filmings of the sh- of the episodes and stuff.
9: Well, um, our, our schedule goes. Uh, Tuesday, we are auditioning. Wednesday, we are uh, dress rehearsal auditioning for all the scenes. And then um, Thursday, we pre-tape all of the, the scenes before the, the, the live audience comes in the next day. But it really gets fun um, on Friday when the live audience comes in and, you know, they, they watch all the scenes live uh, and we tape them like like two or three times on those dates just so like you know we get to laugh. It's so much fun because uh, you know there's like an audience entertainer, all the people from Netflix are there, all the people from Warner Horizon are there, and usually we have like pizza after. It, it's like a party every week.
5: It seems like a definitely a party for sure. All right. Well, I'm, I'm really rooting for you. I'm glad that you're having such great success and uh, continue the success. And let's see how long Fuller House lasts after Full House lasted X amount of seasons. Let's see how long this show lasts. And I love what Netflix is doing, Michael. Do you notice another, a lot of other spinoffs of shows I love growing up are coming to Netflix? So kudos to Netflix for looking for good quality oh. programming
9: yeah i didn't actually I didn't actually know that
5: yeah they they, they uh I, they were talking about this artist coming back, this science guy you'd have to go google it you'd be blown away with what's happening so Michael best place we can find information on you twitter facebook, Instagram, so people can follow you and learn more about you. Where can they go? uh I don't
9: usually use uh Twitter, but my Instagram is Michael Campion. Just plain old Michael Campion, no spaces, no underscores, no nothing. Um, My Snapchat is Michael Campion with two N's at the end of my name. Um, And I'm not entirely sure what my Facebook is because I don't run my Facebook. My mom does. Uh, But if you just look up Michael Campion on Facebook, I'm sure it'll
5: come up. Well, fantastic. You got to definitely do that stuff for sure, Michael. Watch out. Social media, and you're busy always filming that's how it goes. And uh, are you homeschooled or you go to your regular school, Michael?
9: Um, I do. It, it's kind of an odd situation for me right here. So I did go to a, a normal school, and, you know, they'd, like, send me the work or whatever. Um, but now I just switched, like, just this year, like less than seven weeks ago, uh, to a virtual school program that my school hosts. So it's kind of like a hybrid system. Like right. I can go to school some days and then other days I can just go and do it virtually if I'm busy. So it's a unique program that my school offers. And, uh,
1: plus